0: Welcome, welcome, faithful listeners, to PodToy number fifty-six. Um, I lied in the pre-show post; it's not actually the full original cast. Uh, Aaron Lindy is super sick, but to replace him, we have the lovely Colette Bennett. Hello. Uh, the lovely Tiff Chow.
1: Hi.
0: <laughs> and the love. What was so funny about now? You oh, now your girl's are gonna giggle about things. Is so funny? Because uh, I was like girl talk. It's adorable.
1: That's why it's funny.
2: <laughs> And Jim
0: Sterling is here too.
2: I produce entirely too much semen. <laughs> well, you didn't I call Jim Sterling lovely. I well, I it's it's about understood. This as I was cleaning up earlier. <laughs> entirely too much. Unnecessary amounts. So
3: what you're saying is you're like leaking from the pores? Is that what?
1: All over.
2: It's just I think f- he's
0: suggesting that he needs. A special place to put them and this episode is a very fortuitous event in that circumstance
2: oh I just, yes i just want someone that invents a kind of sneeze guard that clamps to your knees <laughs> <laughs> wow
3: well, i don't really think any of us can follow up with anything that was anywhere near as great as that was
0: right let's just move on into the uh weekly sonnet uh the theme for this week was monkeys are a satire of humans, which is something that Jim said last week. And to read our sonnet, and oh, as and always, are. but music, Yeah, they are. They so are. This is true. And a,
2: turkeys are a parody of chickens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you're going to hear some music by Nye the Gamer, and Tiff is going to read uh, a sonnet by Faceless. Go ahead, take it away, Tiff
1: all right mimicking us in many ways they seem to be smaller versions of us but not with smaller heads and hair where nature deems compared to them we look a clean cut lot give one a stick and he'll hit someone close to please himself and get a reaction the other will return this with a dose of feces instead of legal action (laughs) dress one in a suit with jacket and tie give him a briefcase and see what happens he will scream and flail at any nearby at hippies bums and guys and cardigans and even with our culture and studies we ourselves are no more than shaved monkeys theme
0: sorry very well done faces very well done
1: very
3: um, nice
0: let's move right in into games of the week uh has anybody been playing anything interesting that you wanted to tell the readers about uh tiff you were sick this last week were you playing anything
1: uh i finished super mario galaxy which was pretty great i had I mean, I know that's, like, a super old game from last year, but I finally finished it. And um, I'm a couple puzzles into Zack and Wiki. And that's, I think that's all that I'm doing. Still playing Half-Life 2. Good stuff.
0: Are you enjoying totally them all?
1: Behind. Yes, they're great. They're great. Um, I've chosen some good games to play, so... Uh,
0: You've chosen them, yeah, very good games. A little a year or a little two. Late. late. <laughs>
1: You know, I just don't. I don't want to talk about it. I have a those lot games are
3: timeless. They're not late. They're,
1: you can play them anytime
3: exactly. you want.
0: Not if you want to okay. have intelligent discussions with people who have already played them.
3: Oh fuck you! You've been talking about Half Life two for the last like five years.
0: Exactly. And Tiff's just been sitting around clueless, looking around, making big eyes, and trying to you know block out the noises and things I'm saying for fear of the spoilers. <laughs>
2: uh,
3: uh. Anyway, oh. so what are you
0: even playing, Colette?
3: Um. Well. <laughs> I'm taking a break from my, um, my usual search for depth and video game and meaning and playing some mindless shit this week, and I'm really having a good time. I'm playing um, Earth, Defor- Earth Defense Force 2017, which I mentioned on Retro Force Go, which is basically an um, uh, Aliens Take Over the World blasting game. And um, the voiceovers are really bad, and it's really funny, and I'm having a blast. And I'm also playing um replaying Rhythm Tengoku for the GBA because Rhythm Tengoku Gold is coming out for the DS at the end of the month, although it's only in Japan and I'm extremely excited about it. You and that's about it. it. Not yet. It's not coming out till the end of the month, but I'm like losing my fucking mind. I'm so excited. I can't see straight.
0: <laughs> Jim, what about you? Anything?
2: Um Well, I went to Rare Studios yesterday, but I can't talk about that. So, y'all can't tell nobody about that. (laughs) But it it involved animals full of sweets on a handheld format that wasn't the PSP. So. Does it ride with
0: Mima Mimata?
2: It may do. Actually, I think. I don't know why I'm being secretive about that when I've already said that I've done that. But se- <laughs> secrecy is hilarious. I can, see, <laughs> I can see why it's so popular, um, but I can't. I can't talk about my thoughts on it until June the 11th, which is a good time to read Destructoid if you like animals full of food. So <laughs> that sounds so <laughs> wrong.
3: <laughs> and. Really
2: yeah, I played, I finished Dark Sector, and I have no idea what that is. Still, <laughs> I played it for <laughs> six hours, and I have no idea what happened. I don't know if... I I tr- tried to follow the plot, but I don't know if I don't know what happened in it, because the writing is so bad they didn't explain the plot. Or if the writing was so boring that I just blacked out throughout the entire thing. I, I don't know. I can't remember any of it now. I don't even know if I've completed it anymore.
0: <laughs> That's a helpful... And, has, has any other game ever done that to you?
2: I don't know. It's confusing.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess you wouldn't remember if they did.
2: Uh, exactly. But the gameplay itself is very fun. They just should have not had any... They shouldn't have had any cutscenes or any story whatsoever. It literally should have just been guy-killing monsters with no semblance of rhyme or reason. I don't. Sometimes you don't need a reason for the characters to be there. Just put them there. Give them monsters. That's reason enough, isn't it? If there are monsters, you should kill them. That, that doesn't need explaining. It's a no-brainer.
0: I got that exact impression from Ninja Gaiden, too. Microsoft, for some reason, they got confused and Lindy was on their distribution list and then they sent me Ninja Gaiden because he forwarded them to me or something. Like, I don't know. Either way, I'm getting free games that I don't want after we've already reviewed them, and that's cool, but... I, I was thinking the exact same thing you were. I mean, they, they spent so much time and money on these cutscenes for Ninja Gaiden 2. And no, there's no, I don't think there's a person living who matters who actually gives a shit about why Ryu Hayabusa has to kill people and save women with the most ludicrously uh, physically rendered breasts in I've ever seen ever. <laughs> They're okay. literally like the size of basketballs, but they move like they're water balloons. Like they, they walk two feet, and it's fucking, it, it's about to hit them in the face. I, I mean, it's, I know it's old hat to make fun of that sort of shit, but it is ridiculous. I've never felt more ashamed to um, get an erection in my life. But. <laughs> uh, <Ew. laughs> deal with Sorry. it. Um, monthly Musings. We're doing this thing that Tiff uh, suggested in the first place. And we did it last month, but I thought was—I realized that was really, really dumb because uh, it doesn't get people excited for the, the theme that we're doing now. So this month's theme is, uh, what is it? I'm the one that made it. Oh, The Start of the Affair. And it's about uh, the games that got you into gaming or got you to look at the medium in a different way and stuff like that. And if you're listening and you want to write something on it, all you have to do is go to Destructoid.com, start a community blog, post something about the theme, and then if it's really good, we'll put it on the front page and people will think you're really clever and they'll aspire to be you and so on and so forth. But first, I wanted to ask you guys: um, What were the games that got you into gaming, or, or, or made you realize that this was something that you wanted to pay attention to? Now, Colette, I know you already did one; uh, you did already did an article on it. Can you sort of summarize that?
3: Sure. Um, well, I talked about Fantasy Star 2, which was a really big game for me, and I don't want to go on about it here because if you want to hear about it, you can just as easily go to the site and read um, my feature about the game. But the other game that I didn't mention, and part of the reason I didn't is because someone else had actually done it on the same day, uh, was the original Legend of Zelda. And I actually replay it three to four times a year. I can't seem to help it. It's, it's a habit. It's like... You know something I enjoy doing, like going and walking around the park or something. I just love going back to that game over and over. I don't know if the rest of you go back to your games that you love, but I always do yeah,
0: definitely Tiff, what was your game then?
1: Oh, um well, I kind of. I kind of have a weird, maybe not weird gaming history, but I had like two spurts of gaming. My first, my very f- first gaming affair, I would say, um, as I've mentioned many times before, is uh, my whole barrage of adventure games that I was really into when I was uh, a younger kid that I played with my family, um, specifically the LucasArts games. So I would say that, I would say that the Monkey Island series definitely kind of, Drew me into that whole that whole world of of games um but I am gonna geek out a little bit. I mentioned this before, but the very first sort of adventure exploratory game that I played was uh this hyper card adventure game called Cosmic Osmo for the mac classic um which very few people know about but um so if if anybody has access to it should try it out um because it's a really really great um rich like ex- creative environment um that's just it's it's really compelling but um but yeah so i played those for a long time and then um and then when i i like went to middle school and got awkward i guess and like had my adolescent shit going on um and didn't play games for a long time and then i played final fantasy 7 and that was kind of what hooked me back in understandably cuz so it's great and i still play final fantasy 7 like i've played it Maybe six times through.
0: Jesus forward. Christ!
3: Yeah, no, I've yeah. played it about five times through too.
0: That's like three yeah. months of solid playing.
3: Yeah, but it's, if sport. it's important it's, to it's so you, it's worth it. you no, I'm, 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 I'm not
0: saying it's stupid. That. I'm just I'm just surprised. That's that's a that's a hell of an achievement.
3: Achievement that makes that yeah. makes me happy. <laughs> Tiff, that makes me really happy. <laughs> Yeah, sorry.
0: I'm. I, I would like to program my 360 so that every time I get one of those, it just Tiff yelling achievement just okay, comes out of the speakers. Wait, wait, wait,
1: can I just say something completely unrelated? So I, I was a, uh, I was working at my yes, office and getting really bored of uh, thank you for giving me <laughs> um, I was working in my office and I work in the web 2.0 blogosphere industry which has been covered before um, but I was thinking that um, I was kind of like pondering to myself while procrastinating and thinking like what's web 3.0 gonna be and I think web 3.0 it has to be like basically like Animated gifs, like everything that like Web 1.0 didn't do really well, like like with lasers and 3D. So like whenever you add a friend on Facebook or something, this big banner comes up and says "connection," and then there's (laughs) a siren and like and and laser. And I, I actually I was gonna post a community blog post about it last night when I was procrastinating as well, so I'll probably put that up later. But um, it involves. Uh, Web three involves holographic dinosaurs. Uh, um, everything, everything wonderful and amazing takes place. God, I hope Sorry. it
3: happens in my lifetime. It will. It will. It, it will. could.
0: Yeah, it's, that's reason enough for me to stop. think
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> um, anyway.
0: Jim, what about you? I know you got into gaming a little later than the ladies.
3: <laughs> ladies,
0: the ladies.
1: Ladies, fellows.
0: Sorry, the man is talking, give him the floor
2: yeah. I'd i say something Hilariously chauvinistic But I can't be bothered um, <laughs> I had about four different Gaming phases actually And it didn't, I mean it did start Quite a, a while back When I had um, I, did, I had a Mega Drive Or the Genesis as you people Call it um, and w- we had one of those Mega Collections Which had like Sonic the Hedgehog 2 And Golden Axe and Streets of Rage And Shinobi on it and all that shit And that was good So I liked that I liked <laughs> that I'm sorry it's, it's,
1: Did you it's, like it because it said Because it had Mega in it Mega, mega. Like sick. Mega Ultra Mega it, Ultra Mega <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ. You're like a two-headed woman. Like a woman
2: with two heads.
3: You tremble, don't you? You tremble with fear.
2: If you get a woman with two heads, you finally get a full brain at least. Oh, Oh! Oh, you think you're so smart. That was good. Well, in a podcast full of women, I am. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Poor dear. You just keep on thinking that over there in your side of the country. That never
0: works. That that kind of retort never works. The oh yeah, you just keep thinking that that, that's not it's not a retort. You're just allowing them to to get away with it by being sarcastic.
2: Yeah, and I'm (laughs) going to keep thinking it.
3: It's. I don't. If you don't think that I'll get him back and all of you men back by
2: the end of the podcast, you're dearly wrong.
0: (sighs) I'm waiting in suspense.
2: (laughs) Oh good. What are you going to do? Slightly overcook our dinner. Oh dear!
3: (laughs) Or we could just not feed you at all, and then
2: you'd starve to death. You know what I'm you crying. just did. There. Oh. Continue, Jim. Sorry. No, no, no. You carry. on. It's your turn. I'm taking you in. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say. I was gonna say by making
0: the joke that oh, we'll just not cook for you. I mean, you you realize you just jumped into the the stereotype gladly, but refused to like do the one thing that we request of that stereotype. So yeah, the stereotype is true, but you're gonna rebel against it by not.
3: cooking uh... You know, honestly, yeah, women do cook in the kitchen. It's not as if men never cook in the kitchen either, but, I mean, the minute we walk into the kitchen, we're going to get that stereotype, right? So, what are you supposed to do? I mean, if we follow the stereotype, then all you guys want to do is fucking watch football.
0: And what's incorrect about that?
3: (laughs) I'm not not touching that.
0: (laughs) You guys
3: can bat that ball around all you want.
0: Is that it? We're done with that.
3: Uh, maybe it wasn't Jim talking about a topic.
2: Game? Yeah,
0: it's Jim was talking about his games.
2: Yeah, Game. but it was—it was so much easier to talk about women. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got to. Oh, now I've got to talk about games again. You see what you've done? I yep. apologize. Uh, Fucked you I up. Know. It's what we do best. I said something about the Mega Drive.
0: Yeah. Mega yeah. Drive. You said you you said you had and like you four different it. versions of it or
2: something. I, yeah, except every time I say Mega Drive it sets the women off. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, there was that and then I stopped because I'm incredibly poor. I st- didn't get like a PlayStation until many years after everyone else had one. And that sort of kicked off the the second one. Uh and I think the two games on that were Final Fantasy 7 and Metal Gear Solid, of course. I mean, it's not like it can't be. And, <laughs> the... <laughs> and again, many years passed, and I was very poor. My brother managed to procure a PS2, and it was GTA 3 and Devil May Cry on that. And then it kind of went off again, then I got my own PS2. And didn't do much about it until, of course, um, my brother got hold of Dynasty Warriors 3 and it was a lot of fun. And it was a slippery slope from there. And then I, you know, there wasn't another out phase where I didn't game, so. And here I am. So, you know, it's not, probably not the longest and most storied sort of gaming history, but hey, it's, you know, it's better than Engai Krell's. (laughs)
3: Well,
0: if guy Kroll was a woman, damn, that would be the best argument ever. Um, <laughs> now, I know you uh, you mentioned something about wanting to talk about this, Jim. Uh, you'd written a, uh, an article that, uh, I guess, went popular on Dig. I don't know why I said that, apart from the fact that I'm proud of you, son. Um, that Electronic <laughs> Gaming Monthly refused to give a proper review to Metal Gear Solid 4 uh, in At this a- month's issue.
2: Yeah, yeah a yeah. timely review anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, because of
0: all the the shit they were saying, yeah. Go ahead, go yeah. ahead. What do you think?
2: That that is what they're saying, um. But I don't know. I think it now, you know, needs a bit of reviewing. I need to look into it because I had a very interesting chat uh, with a chap from yesterday, um, who said that, um, who'd actually read all of the things I've said about Boop. in public. And also said that some of the things I've written about various topics in gaming made um, him want to punch me in the face. <laughs> uh, and yet he still offered me a freelance job. <laughs> so well, sweet guy. So that was something. That was an oh, interesting God. night. Um, but he he obviously working with Boop. he saw Konami's at least the agreement that Konami gave to him and i don't know if i'm allowed to talk about this i guess i am well, it's not saying anything bad he just said basically you know Konami. it was a, it was the kind of um, agreement he'd seen from other companies which is very simple don't spoil this please um so he said there was nothing unreasonable in that but there's also reports coming in today that different publications may have had sort of different agreements so it's getting very confusing and at this rate, even though I mean I heavily praised i e g m for you know standing up to demand, but i um, you know there is the possibility that they've just made that up to look cool and edgy and rebellious now, so bears looking what? into
0: what would the reality be if that was if they were just trying to be cool
2: bunch of cunts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's fair.
2: Yeah, that's my professional take on it.
0: Um, Tiff and/or Colette, uh, what do you guys think about this 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 practice of, you know, if if this is the case of the corporate of the company saying you know don't spoil this if you want to write your review, versus you know if let's let's just play devil's advocate and say that EGM aren't cunts. Uh, what what would you what do you think about that, Colette?
3: I need to chew on this for a second. Can you ask Tiff first? Uh, okay, well.
0: <laughs> Tag.
1: Sorry, I'm like, I'm collect- thinking
3: about it. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but like, I oh, have okay. things to say and I want to get them in place.
1: Well, if 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 EGM is not a bunch of cunts, then, uh, let me think. <laughs> if there, I mean, I think it's a, you know, I. I think that the game industry is going through a lot of kind of feeling out what to do in these situations where you have to deal with specific, uh, you know, contractual review uh, circumstances in order to get these, like, previews or whatever. Um, so I, I don't know. I feel like the gaming industry right now is battling between, you know, this this, uh, this divide between, um, you know, journalistic integrity, obviously, and working with the industry itself to get... The most out of it. Um, obviously, this came up rec- like in in the past uh, year with like the whole Kane and Lynch ordeal and all that sort of thing. So, I you know I don't know. It could be a cool thing, but I also think that maybe they're just doing it, you know, to kind of not let the game developers wank journalists around so much um, because we have a voice and uh, you know we're not going to get paid to to lie about it or to to hide certain things I mean you understand what I'm saying right like
3: yeah I do I mean well the the funny thing about this is that and I mean obviously I can't you know name any names but the the issue actually arose today in regards to a company that um, supposedly reacted poorly about a review that was written Um, and uh, thinking about it in more detail I realized that the reality of this situation where w- whether or not you know game companies or websites and publications want to admit this is that if you do something that they don 't like it stresses the relationship so it really seems a little bit black and white to me at this point i 'm feeling like either you give the game a good review no matter what and you retain the relationship or you give the game your honest review and you have to you know it's a threat to the possibility of you know how strong the relationship with a game com- company can be but Anyone that thinks that people are not lying on reviews or hedging on reviews, I I think that that's definitely happening. It's a reality we have to face.
0: Just not on Destructoid.
3: No, anywhere. Any any gaming publication of any kind.
0: I'm trying to help us all, (laughs) Colette, and say that there are no bot reviews on Destructoid.
2: You won't get them from me because I don't need any of those cunts in the games industry. (laughs) And all of the little breaded shrimps and oven-cooked pizza slices will not... Actually, those were really nice. (laughs) Where are you going with this? I can't remember. I'm just thinking about the breaded shrimp. (laughs) He's just
3: ranting.
0: (laughs) No, he he got lost at the breaded shrimp, as we are wont to do. (laughs) Forgive the man his shrimp for COVID I've
2: I've been in situations where companies aren't with the things I've written, but you know I got to where I am without yeah, well, their help. And if they don't want to help me in the future, that's up to them. I'll carry on. And if you excuse me for just one moment, I have to step outside. One sec.
0: Good. Somebody was talking.
2: So,
3: Sit.
1: I mean, I guess. I w- Sorry. Let me let me gather my thoughts about this. Um, i think that in this day and age the thing that is causing a lot of ruckus and concern is the fact that there are these free form independent blogs which are a little bit more democratic as far as a uh, media is concerned and so uh bloggers you know aren't necessarily restrained by any sort of industry standards and and the general voice of the industry is a lot more free and at liberty to speak and i think that that's something that uh, the game industry, the game companies should live up to and take on as a challenge as opposed to uh, developing a half-ass game and then expecting to PR their way into convincing everyone to believe that it's good when it's just not. Um, I think, I don't know, I think in this day and age they have to come to realize that they're not going to be able to control it, um, whether it be with money or whatever, whatever perks that they try to force in our faces and they have to make better games. like How about that for a goal in
0: the future? That's a good point. It does sort of strike me as a double standard that on the one hand all these games companies are saying, like, hey, take us totally seriously as a medium and as a business force and shit like that, and then the, the very next thing they do is shit all over the people who are meant to review their games and thus legitimize them as you know, an art form or whatever, you, what, what have you. Well, I
3: I mean, I kind of, and I don't know how you guys think about it, but I kind of see it as if we bend to them, you know, like if we get a game that we think is shitty and we don't review it honestly, we just perpetuate the same cycle. You know, I mean, every time that a game company gets away with it, you know, it's just furthered. I mean, I think that we need to be brutally honest about what we think about games all the time.
2: Here's what I, here's my sort of my mantra on it. Um. Basically, I mean, I've heard things from people um, about some publishers, um, about me specifically, apparently, and a few of them hate my guts and would probably, you know, rather I not write about their video games. Um, And probably, you know, I won't name any names, but there's probably a reason why I didn't get an invite to Ubido's. Uh, But there are certain companies that will probably never, ever speak to me, ever. And the thing is, if, if, if I've done something to piss them off, it obviously means they've made a really shit game. And if they've made a really shit game, fuck them. But that's my <laughs> mantra on it.
3: Jim, I love you.
2: I love me as well, which, you know, <laughs> is the problem with this excessive semen. <laughs> <sighs> I can understand, almost, you know. It's an almost farcical amount of produce.
0: Where oh where will it go?
2: <laughs>
3: oh you need a bucket. That'll be that'll Usually be the reward for me. next month's
0: uh, monthly musing. Topher has something. a bucket,
3: you know, Jim. Topher he carries a bucket. You should ask him to borrow his bucket for your semen. Well then I what happens like when
0: Topher's in the bucket on a bad episode of RetroForce Go? <laughs> Yo.
3: You know, I really can't I, I, I hadn't even gotten that far.
0: We'll just have to tread water the entire <laughs> He'd time. He'd have to f-
3: vacate the bucket. Yeah, it's not because water, it's-
1: Anthony.
0: <laughs> he treads something. So, oh, I mean, Adam, he
1: has a movie theater too. Has
0: extra <laughs> he has He has a whole theater ready for you. He has you. a whole
1: theater and a monkey to help you.
3: So it has to take you some time to fill that up, Jim. Yeah.
2: Now I must admit, I you know I'd be spraying the liquid silk for a while.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh God!
2: <laughs> Look, I like how ladies'
1: night turns into extreme amount of jizz. Like I, I think
0: every episode of PodToy turns into extreme amount of jizz so long as at least two of the regular members are here. So that's so. good to know. Um, <laughs> Even. Our next topic, or with a, sorry, um, so Core with a Q, because it's fucking pretentious, uh, is announced by Sony, and it's, you know... For for those listeners who don't know, it's it's basically some sort of system where you pay a small subscription a small quotation mark subscription fee, and you can see the exclusive developer in interviews and videos and, and, and demos and things like that. And um, I was curious as to what you guys thought about this. Are are you would you willing at all, or do you think others will be willing to pay small subscription fees for exclusive stuff in, in terms of uh, interviews or demos? Tiff, what do you I think? I think
3: it depends. Oh, or, sorry, Colette, no,
0: sorry, I, I I confused you two. Go ahead.
3: Oh, I understand. We're women. We're all the same. Um, and
0: one of you is Asian, so. So
1: I'm always all the same, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> always um, the same.
3: <laughs> well, I think that I have to preface this with saying that I think for all of us, because we're all engaged in writing about video games, that we're going to have a completely different reaction to it than an average person who just enjoys games uh, from a social standpoint is going to have to it. I think that this could appeal to that person, but I think for people that are already involved in the industry in any way that they're just going to be like, are you fucking joking? Like, I open my inbox and this shit is in there. I don't need it, you know. Um and I also think it depends on the quality of what's offered. um you know, the clip is available on Destructoid. I watched it. I was just kind of like, "Yeah, whatever." you know, but I feel like that's a specific reaction to me because of what I do.
0: What about you, I, Tiff? Do you think it's exclusive to us? um
1: I mean no i I think that I think that maybe the only people who will initially bite into this are uh, will be the super hardcore Sony fanboy. Extreme, extraordinaire. Um, it's only because um, a it involves paying money. B nobody knows like exactly what kind of content they will surface. Um, even even though they're saying you know demos and exclusive screens and all that, whatnot. But also, I think I feel they have this idea that maybe people who own PS3s really are. They're trying to craft that you know all-encompassing entertainment system within the PS3 and don't have. You know they're assuming that uh, people who are playing the PS3 will stay on the PS3 to get PS3 information and Mm -hmm. special and things like that. Um, And as long as there's an an internet, as long as there is the internet, um, I don't think that anybody will want to pay for this kind of information. It's just I, I think it's irrelevant unless they manage to pull one or two really 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 sweet exclusive. Uh, bonuses that you can only get through that then I could see some people maybe occasionally splurging for that one monthly whatever bonus thing but overall it's it's not really that intriguing of an idea to me
2: so. Jim I said it was going to happen and a bunch of Sony obsessives called me a lying prick I said they'd do it and it's not going to stop here I promise you that eventually we will have a. It will be called something like PS and Box Live. That will be its official title. <laughs> once <laughs> you know, Box once Live. they once they realise that they can get away with it, they'll do it. And of course they will. You know, they're a company. It's what companies do. I'm not bad mouthing that. But it's just nice because I suggested that you know. Charges might start coming, and a lot of people called me a prick for it, but I was right. As usual, I should point (laughs) out, you know, I don't know why people doubt me at this point. I have never been wrong. (laughs) Ever. In life? Ever? Ever. I can't think of a single thing I've said that is incorrect.
0: What about um, commending uh, EGM for their uh, MGS non-review and then writing a review on grid after an hour of playing it?
2: Ah, so you didn't see my clever trap that I'd set for EGM by Uh deliberately pretending to support them when I knew they were being cunts. God, you're so good. I know, he has planned all this ahead of time. I'm pretty good. It's because I think one day Microsoft might listen to this show and want to hire me for their bullshit department. <laughs> oh.
0: oh my god! If you were the next Peter Moore, I would, I would be happy to listen to your bullshit.
2: I'd totally ecstatic. I'd I would need the megahertz. I'd love to get <laughs> up on a stage and fuck up Guitar Hero. I think that's actually my dream: is to get Guitar Hero wrong in public. <laughs> Peter Moore lived lived my dream. (laughs) And then he went to EA, taking my second goal. Bastard. (laughs) He's always one step ahead with his Cheshire cat-grinning face. (laughs) What was I talking about? I have no idea. right. well, whatever it was, I'm... You were right. You were being right about something. You were being right, as usual. That's it, yep. So that's what we've learned from whatever we're talking about, is, um... (laughs) Don't doubt Jim Sterling because otherwise you'll look like a tit when he inevitably is proven right.
0: Fair enough. Shit. Hamza made a thing, a fucking pre-show post saying every time you say "fair enough," take a drink, and I fucking proved him right.
1: Uh-huh, and you said it.
0: You yes. Say it a
1: lot, dude.
0: No, I do. I, I I know that's why I try to say it a lot because it's just an easy like segue. Like, what, what else do you say when somebody says something really intelligent? You want to that say into next.
1: Say, you should say that is
2: fair instead.
0: That, yeah. that sounds not at all forced. That sounds like something people say every day. It's just a natural thing. That is thing. fair. That Actually, is fair. I must
2: confess, you've, you've not said I can dig it once, this, this episode. That's because yeah. that was the
0: second thing he said, take a drink. He's if purposely he
3: trying not to say, I can dig it.
0: Uh-huh. I'm nothing but not a creature of habit. I have tried not to say, Half-Life, Bioshock, I can dig it, or fair enough. And if Aunt- you are calling should- the drinking then you just died.
3: Anthony, you should resurrect some like really like antiquated phrase from like the sixties or something, and just start dropping it on people at random, <laughs> to, to replace "I can dig it,"
2: and that's I fair. Used
0: to, I used to say "groovy," but that's sort of been phased out.
2: Oh, uh, try something anyway, like "jam on Star Soldier."
0: That—that's that, an actual I phrase. I don't know. Oh, it <laughs> you fucking could could now,
2: <laughs>
3: You could say what what Nex used to say to everything: "fancy." I, I,
0: <laughs> Samantha. To
3: everything! Oh, fancy! <laughs> okay, I'm done.
0: Um, alright, next topic. Beyond Good and Evil 2 will evidently be easier than the blisteringly difficult first game. Um... I meant that sarcastically, obviously, as as the first game was not fucking hard. And I, I was wondering, asking you guys, and especially you, collect, because you're—I mean, you're obviously from Retroforce, and retro games are tended to be much harder uh, than than mainstream games. Why the fuck is everyone so scared of making their games even remotely challenging? Ninja Gaiden Two now has a, a much easier difficulty mode than the original Ninja Gaiden. I, what, what do you think about that, Jim? Well,
2: in the case of Beyond Good and Evil Two, so, uh, that I have a problem with, just because I don't think the The original one was very hard, And I'm not just saying that as some elitist Hardcore gamer, every game in the world Is easy, because I'm not that I'm not a fantastic Video game player, I do my best I consider myself, you know Average, you know, an averagely Skilled gamer I'm not fantastic At a lot of games, you know, I don't Go and get every achievement I
0: what do you think about it in 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 general of the of the, a trend of making games easier? Are you are you for the idea of you know I guess widening the audience? Assuming people won't play games if they're too hard, do you think that's true?
2: I had another had um, conversation with a few uh, sort of British games journals yesterday about difficulty in games, and I think just the underlying rule was if you ha- have an easy mode, make it easy. Have a normal mode, you know, give it what you want. Don't. There, there should be no excuse for like, devolving the um, the difficulty of your normal game when you can just whack an easy mode on it to keep lesser skilled players happy. And you know, I just I don't know why we're moving away from this idea of difficulty modes in games. I mean, a lot of games these days have a normal playthrough and then unlock a hard mode, and that's generally it. I don't know what, when we decided to move away from the easy medium hard um, layout, which I thought was quite serviceable and keeps everybody happy, but it seems at the moment the games industry is loving you know loving the idea of carving up its market and not trying to keep everyone happy so you know
1: i think I think that um, this sort of Sort of devolvement that you that you were speaking of. Like, I I totally agree with you, and I don't think that it. Um, I think it's a terrible excuse, but I think it speaks directly to the kind of uh, uh, demog- or the kind of generation the the new gamers that are growing up. Um, I mean, if you think about it, when you go to play a game, and you go to the difficulty modes and you see easy, normal, and hard, and you try normal, and for whatever reason, because you can't play it very well, um it's like impossible for you so you have to play easy um i mean it's really insulting right so i think my my theory on this is that in order to appease those people who are not necessarily the most talented gamers are not hardcore gamers or who don't have that experience in gaming they're they're devolving this sort of experience so that they don't get frustrated they're they're um, they're satisfied with um the ability to accomplish like, you know, meager tasks that aren't super hard, but you know, they're they're rewarded by their actions. Um and then they get more money. So I mean it's sad, it's definitely pathetic, but um
0: So you're suggesting that, that beyond good and evil too might be pussyfied just for the, the, the pride of these these sort of
1: Oh I definitely sense gamers? think so. I definitely think so i mean that's that 's the where the whole industry is going to. I mean a, a lot you can see this in a lot of sequel games that they 're making they're trying to add or change things about original gameplay in order to open it up to other gamers or i mean they always contextualize it as you know people who are not gamers or, or people who could be gamers and that sort of thing. but um, right now, the game industry is interested in expanding to be a more Wild, like, widely accepted, widely accessible entertainment medium. And in order to do that, they have to water down some of their things. They can't, they can't, they can't cater to gamers exclusively anymore um, because uh, it doesn't, it's not what's going to make all the money in the long run. I mean, look at the Wii.
0: What do you think, Colette?
3: Yeah, well, I have to really echo a lot of what Tiff said. I mean, you know, her closing statement, look at the Wii, See, I feel unfortunate about having to say this, but you know, like the Wii is still ahead of everything else, despite the fact that it 's very simple and that you know anybody can play it, which is probably the part of the popularity. But I know that, as a gamer who 's been playing for the last twenty years, that the Wii doesn 't offer me the kind of challenge that I want um. <clears throat> As to the difficulty level of games, I appreciate it in certain games that I know, because I have to um, actually agree with Jim when he said, you know, like I'm not a great gamer, I'm a good gamer, I can do some things, but, you know, I know my limitations. And I feel very much the same way, which I used to be kind of embarrassed about. But, you know, I'll be honest, I'm an RPG gamer. RPGs are not, you know, based on extreme skill, right? That's not why you play them. I think that um, the difficulty levels are a good thing. For some types of games. But I also think that making a game. A cakewalk. I mean a game like Beyond Good and Evil. Your mom's not going to play that on the Wii. You know what I mean? Like, Gamers are going to play that game. So I think that making it a little harder. Might be great for it. Might even make it dare I say. A better game than the original. Which was stellar anyway. Um. uh, but I kind of think that the kind of difficulty we had when we played NES games or, you know, whatever games you originally played as a kid, I hate to say it, but I feel like that level of difficulty, most current game companies are not going to want to put that in their games just because I feel like it turns people, some people, it turns them off. And they don't want to turn people off. So, like Tiff said, it really is about appealing to the consumer at this point. Can Two I just odds. point out...
2: Go ahead. So, can I just hand... Um... There is a lot of talk of this casual, hardcore divide. But, I mean, that by itself is bollocks. I mean, that's bullshit. There are not two different types of consumer. You know, there are hundreds of different types of consumer. And at the moment, a lot of these companies are focusing on one. And it's not one of two different types. It's one of, you know, countless types of consumer. And they're just focusing on one sector of it. And even among the so, you know, quote-unquote casuals, they're all different people with all different tastes. And yet, to these, you know, marketing chaps, they just see them all as, you know, faceless, shapeless entities. And I think that's going to bite them in the, in the arse in the end. I mean, Ubisoft justified its ridiculously shitty lineup. By saying, um, oh well, these are the games that sell. Look at the so- charts. I looked at the charts. I saw the games that sell. Yeah, they were slightly more quote unquote casual games, but they were good casual games. Most of them made by Nintendo, not shitty, you know, pets, catwalk, strutty, learn to quit smoking, doctor brain training, ZubiSoft, Madcap Adventure.
0: There was a a really great article that one of our readers sent. I'm gonna try and find his name now because I don't want to feel like a douche. But it was called it was called Birdman and the Casual Fallacy, and it was basically it was about, okay. I really liked it. It was
2: okay. It was, it was cool. mostly pre- it was mostly pretentious.
0: Yeah, but I mean I can relate to that. But it, was, <laughs> you know, it was
2: the best thing is the the best thing about that article is it was like oh holy shit he's right there is no casual gamers they're down market gamers that's you've just renamed them. Yeah but no that that, that
0: part didn't do much for me like I like the part just, where you pointed out you've just traded
2: um, in one buzzword for another you pretentious dick <laughs> <laughs> well, I was
0: I was talking more along the lines of, of the Miyamoto quote he uses to explain why all of Ubisoft's casual games suck is because when Miyamoto makes you know Wii Sports or Wii Fit or something like that he puts his number one teams on that because he thinks it's something that's really important but then we look at it from the outside and we say oh it's a casual game therefore it's easy to make because it looks simple and we don't understand the complexity of it or not we but U- Ubisoft or places like that and so they put their third or fourth string teams on it not realizing the mindset that people had to go into to to make produce that. Um, Ursine Samurai, oh Nova or Ursine Samurai is his name. I don't know. It's one of those two. Nova that's what I'll say. Um, anyway, does anybody else have anything to say about that? Because we can just. It right could go.
3: Through. I think it could go on and on and on. Actually, if yeah. I talked about it, so I choose not to.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. That article. Fuck. That article was. It was decent. There were some good theories in there, and uh, you know there was some well written stuff. So I think a lot of it. A lot of it devolved into conspiracy theory and the end is nigh BS, but I mean, you know, he's on the nail with all these third-party publishers just piling everything into this you know, what they believe to be this casual demographic when Nintendo pretty much has it in the bag so they should probably focus on one of the other sectors. I think people, you know, there's so many blinkered people in the games industry that just see, they're so single-minded and they can't, you know, see the wood for the trees.
1: So, and, I, I actually have something to say about that. Like, do you, do you honestly, just playing devil's advocate, do you really think that the gaming industry has no idea what kind of audiences they're addressing these days? I mean, legitimately.
2: I don't, I, I wouldn't tar the entire industry with, you know, one brush. Uh-huh. Which is what certain people in the games industry is doing to the consumers. Uh-huh. I think, you know, I th- well, I think it's self-evident that some, you know, some people in the games industry don't have the first clue as to what it, what it is exactly they're doing. You know, it's that kind of atti- You know, that kind of attitude that sees games like fucking Kane and Lynch come out. You know, there's certain things that come out where you know that you know there's no earthly way any sensible person should have considered it a good idea, but it happens.
1: You know, I think that, I think that obviously there's going to be a lot, there's going to be hits and misses in the next coming, you know, couple of years in the game industry, because uh, like I was saying before, they're starting to realize that gaming is becoming, starting to become a, a wider form of entertainment for everyone. Right. And um, I guess, I guess, my My perspective on it is like of course, I think that they have done tons of research, tons and tons of research and marketing research and entertainment research about what kind of audiences to address. and I think the thing that's upsetting is that they're not the, the thing the thing that's upsetting and the thing that seems like they're not like nobody knows what they're doing up there is that they're not paying attention or they're not putting the gamers. Um, the people who are already gamers and experienced gamers as their first priority in this day and age. Yeah, which, I fully agree with that. <laughs> which is admittedly really, really, you know, it's, it's offensive. You're like, hey, I, I've been a gamer for a long time. I've invested myself in this in this wonderful mediated experience and you should be catering uh, your product to me because I am your diehard fan. But that's not the way it is th- these
2: days. Um, so Well, to be fair, it's never been that way. It's never been that way. If you look at the charts, going back years, movie licenses um, have always been in there, TV show licenses, always been in the top ten. But they're just turning it into, like, this Furby-esque fad. And and I know, and I, you know, I won't disagree that the idea of the entire industry just turning into this, you know... Just, you know every other game coming out being pets or another different type of brain training knockoff it's a scary thought to me you know as someone who you know loves the type of games i love the idea that a lot of you know companies not making them anymore is it's not a pleasant thought and it's not you know it does upset me um i won't deny that but at the same time it's like i don't really care if you know, the, and I hate using these terms a lot of the time, but I don't really care if the hardcore gamers aren't a company's first priority. But I just don't want us to be completely forgotten. That's all right. I want. I just, you know, yeah. if you don't make us your first priority, because I understand that for every million copies of Pets you sell, that's funding that can go into <laughs> Prince of Persia. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know, I, I understand how it works. I'm not that naive, but I. You know, I you know, if, you can't get, if you can't get us a box seat, at least get us somewhere on the back row. That's what See, I'm... I don't,
3: not to interrupt you, I just don't really believe that we're really in danger. I mean, and, you know, I'm sure that some people would argue me about that because, you know, a system like the Wii is so tremendously popular, but I feel as if every, you know, games that were sold up to, you know, this current generation, they were all bought by us they were all bought by the hardcore gamers you know that supported those things it wasn't until stuff like halo started to hit and you know stuff that wasn't played by your average quote unquote gamer you know that we started to have to worry about this like you know new demographic or whatever and it is big but i still don't think it can rival us
1: yeah and the other thing that i that i'm just thinking about right now is that the thing about the gaming gaming becoming a wider um entertainment medium for everyone is that ultimately these crappy ass games like pets or like my first babies or whatever are going to get more attention and more press than they would before because because you know in the past there there were plenty like i think i had some computer games or another that were something of that sort like you know like all the barbie games and all that sort of shit that no- gamers don't really care about but we're still being produced and somebody bought them and now that gaming's become becoming a more f- forefront medium of entertainment um uh those kind of games are coming into the you know, the limelight a little bit more. I mean, like I, the other day I was watching, a, I had, I woke up a Saturday morning and I turned on ABC and the amount of ABC, uh, of like DS, like stupid ass DS games that were advertised all through the, the entire thing um, was pretty, like, I, I was impressed by it just because I had no idea that, that, you know, I don't know, that some of these games existed in the first place. But you can see from that, from that effort that they're, you know, starting to push these, these different like stupid games out into the forefront um just just to get more people uh, involved yeah.
2: and it's not I don't have a problem with that and i I would like to think that, as Colette says, we're not in danger of losing a lot of the games that we like to play mm-hmm. um, I, I you know like at the end of that, the Birdman and the Casual fallacy article that Rev referenced, he pretty much tells us that we're all fucked. And I don't think we're all fucked. Mm. You know, games like... You know, good games still sell well. Mm-hmm. You know, the first Bioshock was a damn good game. Original IP. Artistic aims. We all loved it. And, you know, it sold very well. So, you know, any company would be stupid to not still try and market to us at the same time as... Um, you know, as the more mainstream market. But it's when, like... Ubisoft people representing Ubisoft come out and basically say things like yeah well most people don't care about Prince of Persia it's you know shitting on their own franchises like that that you know it's things like that that make me uncomfortable and mm-hmm. not ev not every every company thinks like that, but it seems like a few of the bigger companies are and I just think we'll get into this situation like we do in um television like like you know I can name British television as an example um a show about antiques goes on the television. It's very popular by you know in two weeks' time we have fifteen different shows about antiques on the television, and none of them very good and I just you know we're 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 reaching that point where gaming is that big where we're entering that kind of phase, which you know is unpleasant but I'm just talking utter shit. I do apologize. <laughs> it's like five AM and I've just realized I'm talking utter bollocks. <laughs> but it was good sounding bollocks.
3: It was good bollocks, yes. Yeah. Well done. Let's
0: bollocks. just go ahead and move right into our reader questions then. Um First, lemon of pink asks, I've been playing Half-Life 2 through for the first time this last week, so I guess you're not alone, Tiff. I've been noticing that although I love the game and having a great time, I feel like I'm in a big rush to get through it. Like, I just want it to end so I can feel complete. I was wondering if you guys felt the same way when playing games, even games you're having a great time with. Do you ever have that urge just to get to the end so you can say, I've made it, or should I feel like a pathetic, joyless human being? Colette?
3: (sighs) That's hard. I mean... For me, it really depends on the game. Um, sometimes I get to appointing games, like, for instance, the way I am in Persona 3 right now, I've taken a break because I am so frustrated with the length of the game despite its quality that I just want to finish the fucking thing. And say, I finished this fucking colossal game. It's so long. But there are games that I feel like they're worth your time, no matter how much time you have to spend, even if you have to take breaks, even if it takes you you know quite a while to finish it it's worth it to take your time to finish it i think if you're in a rush to finish a game my personal take is that you might be enjoying it but you can't be enjoying it that much if you're like balls out rushing through it to finish it i know that when i'm really in love with a game i really savor doing it slowly but maybe that's just the way i do it i don't know
1: tiff um, well i think that uh
3: Speaking to the half
1: scenario, I actually—it's interesting that um, uh, they said that because for me, I, I was just uh, playing through the, the water part, uh, where you're using the boat and stuff. I don't know what that's called—watered half. Weren't you there
0: like something. two weeks ago when we talked about? Yeah, it?
1: yeah. Well, sorry, that's what I'm I'm referring to. Oh,
0: okay. I thought you were <laughs> meant you were there now. Sorry. No, no,
1: no, no. I'm beyond that point. But anyways, when I was doing that, I, I I had a really great time just going on the the jet the jet all around, and I would I spent like. <laughs> a ridiculous amount of time just exploring the area like i i really enjoyed it it was like i was on some wild adventure but anyways beyond that point i think that um it speaks to the game quality itself in order to and and how it how it's developed um to to the overall experience so what i mean is like um if you feel like you're you're in a rush to finish a game um sort of without Really caring or being involved with the characters or what's going on—that's that might be a fault of the game too. It might be, uh, you know, something, some way that it was designed wasn't wasn't properly adjusted so that you really had an investment in it. Um, there, then again, there are games that aren't really particularly interested in that sort of like uh, long-term investment and do sort of push you towards that adrenaline rush, like just going through the motions, kind of beating through the game thing. So, um, personally. If if I'm not having fun with a game, I don't really have that much patience with it. Um, I mean, I'll give it like a couple chances, but if it gets to the point where it's just like really, really not fun to play anymore, I I can't. I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's lost its magic to me. And maybe that's wimping out, but
2: yeah. Jim, um, has to be said, I'm a complete dawdler with games. I mean, if a game that people... whenever someone says you know they've completed a game in like eight hours, it usually takes me ten and not always because I'm bad at the game um a lot of the time I go through games very slowly and I don't know if it's just my reviewer's instinct but i you know i will I just sit there sometimes just walking past walls slowly and just looking at the walls and just checking out the textures and just looking around and I'm also very kind of um Paranoid about missing things So I will, you know, do a complete Military check Of a room And completely, you know, ransack it To be, you know, just in case I've missed anything Um, So I can't say, I mean there are times I've rushed Again, but it's never just to see the ending Um, It's usually just like with Bioshock when, When I first got that i had to leave for the states for um i was actually going to the states for an entire month and had in two days after i got it so i had to complete it in two days otherwise i'd never know what would happen without it being spoiled for me because of the internet so i rushed through it in two days um but i try never to do that because my first playthrough of bioshock I was not 100% blown away. It was only on my second playthrough, when I took a lot of time, that it really dawned on me how much I was enjoying it. So I try never to do it.
0: That's cool. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm sort of uh, I can I can relate to Lemon of Pink because I don't do it intentionally, but I play through games really quickly just because that's the pace I feel uh, comfortable playing them as. And I've 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 enjoyed the more subtle games, despite you know getting through them in a the day. Like I got that that achievement on uh, GTA 4. It's like, beat the game in 30 hours. It's impossible, fucker. Like, I got that without actually trying to, to get it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't feel bad about wanting to, to to get to a game just to get to the end so long as you feel like you're enjoying it sufficiently and you're not missing anything. It's just rushing for the sake of rushing. But I know, that's, that's my take. Uh, well, the Ghost... You, uh, oh, sorry. go
1: ahead. I was just going to ask, do you, do you ever find yourself, you know, uh, I don't know, regretting not, like, like like Jim was saying, like I, I, I enjoyed appreciating the textures, which is kind of nerdy, but I, I really like appreciating good in game artwork. Do you find yourself missing that aspect or that 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 aspect of appreciation about it by playing it quickly, or do you just see it all like super fast forward and speedy? Um,
0: <laughs> it's it's either a case of super fast forward or it's usually usually if uh, I end up liking a game's artwork. Then it's because I really like the game itself, like like Braid or Bioshock. And with those two games, I usually end up playing them like no less than five times, just because I like to re-experience everything and each time focus on something different. And mm-hmm. if I, I'm not, I'm just not capable of of trying to focus on everything in one slow methodical playthrough. I think maybe because I have a really short attention span, or just maybe because I don't function that way. But like the first time I go through a game, I look at the, the gameplay and the story. And then, you know, the second time I'll try, maybe try and find hidden clues and look at the artwork and stuff. I just, I just, I don't have a problem with playing through games over a lot of times. But I, that might be because I'm a deadbeat, you know, college student. I have a lot of free time, so I don't know. <laughs> um, the ghost asks and this is is a really weird question, but I just thought it was interesting. Um, Do you think that drugs should be developed that can further immerse you into a game? I mean, what if there was something that worked on the same sort of level as a real mind bender like LSD, but didn't have any of the physically addictive qualities or terrible side effects? Like, would you take a drug that made you feel more into a game with some, you know, minor anal (laughs) leakage?
3: Well, see, (laughs) I don't know about the anal leakage. The thing about that question is that I feel like it doesn't just... Pose the question to you as a gamer. It also asks the question to you, and it kind of like touches the way you might feel about substances in general. Like even though he says it didn't have any physically addictive qualities or whatever, but like my basic take is that I don't really like to be chemically altered very frequently. So when I experience a game, I want to experience it exactly as it was intended. Now maybe if a designer had intended for us to experience the game in such a way where we ingested something that would you know like if I really believed I was going to Rapture instead of just, you know, being aware that I was playing in Rapture when I played Bioshock, like, fuck yeah, I'd go to Rapture, if I, you know? <laughs> fuck yeah, but, like, for the on the average, I normally wouldn't. I think it would matter how it was
2: executed.
0: Hideo Kojima makes this drug and then gives it was, to you, Jim, uh, and you then just what
2: do you do? Thank you. That's <laughs> going to be the entire basis of my answer. I'm You're so ruined. sorry.
0: I just wanted. I thought it was a good way to throw it to you, and then I ruined it. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> For God's sake.
0: You can, we can. I can edit out what I said, and you can just go ahead, and then you'll just, like, have interrupted me, and it'll be cool, and it'll sound totally spontaneous.
2: No, no. It's, it's, it's
0: ruined.
2: <laughs> there
1: you go, Anthony. It's, it's, it's
2: a dry, nothing. shriveled husk. Um. Oh, I don't. Oh. I feel like
0: I just knocked out your will to live.
2: That's <laughs> such a I, weird I, question. I had, I had nothing else prepared. I was hinging on the Hideo Kojima thing to get me out of this.
0: <laughs> okay, well, Tiff, what do you think?
1: Uh, I don't know that question. It's it's, just, it's such an odd question because it's like... First of all, it's asking whether drugs should be developed to further immerse you into a game. Which doesn't need to happen because there are already drugs that can further immerse you into games if you take them. Um, maybe. I don't know. Um, Stop playing Koi. What are you talking about? Um, anyways, I no but... Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess in general... If you wanted to take this from another perspective, uh, developing systems or entertainment devices or technology that helps you have that more, like, immersive feeling into the game, like virtual reality, for example, which isn't really in, in the talks on the streets anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: you know, the I don't go around, corner, I go around a corner in my alley and find <laughs> virtual reality <laughs> gloves and, like, a helmet.
0: A man around. with a brown trench coat opens it up, and a virtual reality suit is like he hanging just, from the inside he of his. Just
1: into his coat into a virtual world.
2: <laughs> um. Too an hour. There's a few <laughs> ways I know where you can do that, but you've got to be under three years old.
1: Oh. <laughs> 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 um, well. Anyway. Um,
2: Pedophilia essentially is what I was. <laughs> <saying
3: there. laughs> I like the way you say it, Jim. Pedophilia.
2: <laughs> That's how it's spelled. I understand. It's I it understand. Was, it was supposed to be pedophile to be two Ds in it. There's only one <laughs> D, so it's pedophile, just like it's Minotaur. Pid- pedophile and Minotaur, not pedophile and Minotaur. It's ridiculous.
1: Minotaur. Minotaur? Minotaur.
2: That's, minotaur. How, it's spelled. <laughs> That's how it's spelled.
1: Um, yeah. Anyways, I think that you can interpret the ghost question as should there be more immersive ways of including a player in gameplay that should be developed? Because drugs, I mean, if it isn't drugs with like side effects, it's just going to be some device that immerses you. So, yeah, I mean, yes, I guess it'd be awesome, as you were saying, to be in Rapture.
3: So maybe holograms
1: are the new thing. I don't know
3: yeah but you know what that's kind of a biased take because i would probably like cut off a leg to go to rapture so i mean in any other situation i would say no to the drug idea so it'd also be fucking terrifying
0: to be yeah rapture is scary as shit
3: (laughs) (laughs) i I like being scared though like i'm a i'm a horror enthusiast that's my thing Mm -hmm. fair enough i know i'm fucking crazy i know
0: um robot fart asks Uh, Hey all And I'm, I'm sort of starting shit with an argument that we brought up on a long pod toy to go, but we didn't really, um, get into it full tilt. Uh, but, oh shit! No, no. Okay, sorry. I want to mention Dead Movie Stars question because it's not—it's not really pertinent because Aaron's not on it. But I wished he would been so he could have heard it. But it, I thought it was a really well-phrased question. He says, um, "What characteristics do you guys think made Assassin's Creed one of the greatest games ever made, and how could a future game be as good, if not better, than Assassin's Creed?" In my opinion, Assassin's Creed is the perfect video game, so no other games could possibly live up to it. I really wish he heard that. But um,
3: <laughs> he would have died for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, he would have been apeshit. Um, but yeah, Robot Fart asks, Hey all, the new Resident Evil 5 trailer resurrecting discussions on the offense it has caused due to the game's perceived racist undertones. And this got me thinking. Is there a game that you have, been, have played that you have been genuinely offended by? I guess you can mention games that have been offended you as a gamer by sheer poor game design, but what about games whose content actually offended you on a personal level? Have you guys had anything like that? I t- for me, I can say Super calm by Massacre RPG pretty much without blinking. Hmm. And then v I, I, def-
1: so. I definitely think that there are some games out there, and I can't think of any specific right now that are. I mean, it's like from a woman's perspective, really portray women in like the most like demeaning, really gross ways, or you know, it's just like I don't know when I like play a game and it has uh, like Ashley in, in Resident Evil Four, for example, who's just like an annoying piece of shit, and I just I don't know it, just, or or the, or the whole Dead or Alive thing too, like. I, I look at that and I'm just kind of like, really, really? And I understand that there's an industry that revolves around this kind of thing. And I understand it's there. Um, but I just I don't think it's right. And it doesn't amuse me. And it, I mean, it amuses me kind of because they're funny looking. But I mean, <laughs> then, I, I can't help but be offended by it. I'm sorry. It's just kind of like, gr- can I say grow up? I mean, I don't know. But I think I, it's I safe think to say
0: on, on the air.
1: Is it safe? Is it safe? Yeah, I don't know. Is it safe?
0: That's
1: hard. Is it safe?
0: (laughs) Jim. Achievement!
2: (laughs) Achievement! Um, Well, just like you stepped on the Hideo Kojima thing, someone else in the comments read, I'm not near the computer now, so I can't check his name. Stepped on my chance to say Mass Effect by calling it. (laughs) Um, But in terms of actual, like, socially offended, um, I can't really say. I've got a very uh sort of strong uh stomach when it comes to offensive content and, and but you know, political incorrectness and you know, before Destructed that was pretty much my bag was coming up with the most offensive stuff ever. Which I'm sure listeners to the podcast will find very hard to believe.
3: <laughs> but
2: I mean I'm I'm really racking my brains trying to think of anything that's happened in a video game where I just thought that's not cool. And I can't really think of any. Um, I I mean, I will tell you one thing that shocked me um, was actually GTA 4. Um, And I'm pretty sure that... um, I mean, I may have misheard it, but I'm pretty sure that Jerry McCreary... Oh, I can't. That's... Oh, fucking spoilers. Fuck you. You get no discussion because someone will complain about spoilers. (laughs) Basically, I'm pretty sure a character referred to niggers... Um, And you've still got to do missions for him after. And I was really hoping he'd get fucked over rather than you continue to work for him. But he got away with it, which I thought was a bit of a shame because, you know, I like to see a racist get blown up. But can't have everything. You get to mow (laughs) down a, you get to mow down a homophobe on a motorbike. So, oh fucking (laughs) hell! Spoilers.
0: Shit. I I said that two weeks ago. It's all good. Whoever got that spoiled has already spoiled. Um Colette?
3: Um I think I have to echo too a little bit, but the thing is, is that I think I think I'm so desensitized, which is kind of a sad thing, to the way that women are mostly portrayed in games. Not all games, but most games. Um you know, because this is the thing. Like I like to look at pretty women too because they're beautiful right and like i don't have any problem with seeing pretty women or seeing pretty women's bodies that's fine but there's something about a certain level of gratuity that i feel is completely unequal and i would just like to see what it would be like if it was equal for instance you know like the ridiculous like focus on like jiggling tits in any game and i can't think of them off the top of my head right now but you know like, tits that actually make noise. That are like, doing going doing, doing. <laughs> like, Alright, like, why don't I get to see, like, ball sacks, like, bouncing, is my question. Because no one wants to see it, right? <laughs> but, like... That would be hilarious. Going...
0: I would very much just... like to see that. No,
1: actually, have you seen have you seen uh, one of the... One of Dan Paladin's very first Flash games where you just hop
3: around on a giant ball sack? I forget what it's No, called. but that sounds so like Dan, and I would love to play that. I you think it's called see? Sack
0: Smasher. Probably <laughs>
3: I guess, I don't know, I mean, you know, I feel as if the reason why I'm desensitized to the, the whole women thing in games is not because it's not a problem, but just because I don't feel like it's going to go away. And I don't know how much there really is I can do. I don't want to waste valuable energy that I could be using doing better things, you know, like cleaning up Jim Seaman.
0: Like starting a girl gaming league.
3: <laughs> GGL! <laughs> 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 I mean, I, I just... I don't see the point of of bitching about it. It's a huge selling point. The gaming industry is full of men and they like to see women. That's fine. You know what? I feel lucky that women, you know, are considered such sex symbols in a lot of different ways. That's another conversation. But I just Uh, wish there was a little bit more equality on it. That's all.
1: Yeah. I I meant, like, when I say offended, I I didn't mean, like, every single time I see A, 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 um, sorry. extremely
3: enormous tits in a game, I'm just like, oh, my no. Word. no, 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 not I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. think you're like that at all. I know for oh, a fact God. that you're not. But, like, every once in a while, you can't help but kind of be like, Jesus. Yeah, like, really? Come on. Yeah.
2: It's not even... I don't know why they do the ridiculous bouncy tits, because that isn't sexy. Because, I mean, like, I know, you know, I know there's animated pornography and the like can take some liberties and and make, you know, something attractive out of it, but tits that do that is just wrong. It's... It's pretty inhuman. Yeah, tits that move independent of one's body, like they've got their own rudimentary sentience, it's just not right. I don't know why... I just... I I don't know where it came from. Where... You know, where this idea that tits bounce up and down like that was attractive cuz it's not it's, it just looks Well ridiculous. someone thinks it is
1: it's it's like a ab- Japanese
0: yeah. people they were they I yeah. mean they have the highest rape what's yeah. it, uh, the statistics ever
1: Yeah I mean it's a hugely it's it's a huge ma- it's a, just like a fantasy that's gone perverse and it can do that because it's in a kind of industry where no one's going to say no to it and they're like oh yeah that's cool bigger boo I actually
2: thought I thought Japan's rape statistics were actually quite low. Well, they've got that thing on the on
0: the subway where they have to—you're not allowed to be I was going to say you're not allowed to be a woman, but the women and the and the men (laughs) have to stay in in separate subway cars. Because I had a friend who lived there for a couple of years. I'm probably overstating the rape thing, but there was a girl who, who lived there for for a couple of years, and when she took the subway, she had to be in a separate car from men because molestation or rape was such a such a problem there.
3: Yeah, it's like almost it's a joke. I've seen, I've seen that T-shirt that's got like an eye on a man, like putting his hand under a woman's skirt, and it says in Japanese, like you know, whatever perverts on the subway or whatever.
1: That's an actual sign, right?
3: That's a sign and a T-shirt that was printed by J List or something like that. And I was like, Jesus, are you serious? It's that ubiquitous, like it, it's I everywhere. Mean,
2: I think I don't know whether that's a case of rape on subways being any worse in Japan than it is anywhere else. Or whether it is just, you know, Japan's society the way it is, that's just how they're dealing with it, is they're make, you know, doing this different carriage role. Um I don't know if that means it's worse there than anywhere else. I mean I just heard that the sex crime statistic is quite low there, probably because they're too busy wanking over pictures of children. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm fully willing to admit that I was pulling that stati- that non statistic out of my ass, so I apologise for that if it turns out I'm dead wrong. I'm just I don't protecting think you are that wrong.
2: Just, just in case, you know, Dale North or Bread Rice hears this and go ballistic. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. That. I they might, you. they might. They might. I once yeah. mentioned that um, Gundam Wing was boring and they, oh, the attacks <laughs> I received. It fucking is. It is horrible. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I don't I don't fucking care what Charez Nable is up to with his stupid red robot thing. It doesn't entertain <laughs> me. Let's have some more Dragon Ball Z where at least they're shouting in that.
0: <laughs> at least you can make <laughs> internet memes out of it.
2: <laughs>
0: um, I think what that wraps pick? it up for.
3: <laughs>
0: over 9, Tiff, yell over 9,000.
3: Over 9,000!
0: 9, <laughs> <laughs> That's as good a note as any to, to end Podtoid 56 on, I think. Uh, thank you, Colette, for coming on on really short notice. Uh, thank you, Jim Thanks and Tiff, for coming on. Me. Oh, no problem. Well, some problems. Uh, Thanks, Adam, for recording, as always. And thank you, listener, faithful listener, for listening. Uh, We'll talk to you next week.
1: vaginas! Yay, vaginas!